Sixes and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Danny Kayla, Ryan LK, Anthony Bellino all joining you. You might hear that music in the background. You might be thinking, what in the world? Yes, our next guest, the most interesting man in the world, international man of mystery. And you see him all over your television sets on Bally Sports Detroit for a little... The one, the only smooth Johnny Kane. Johnny Kane, welcome back stateside, my friend. How are you even awake right now? Dude, I'll tell you how. The fact is, I got home last night after the ball game, and uh, I got an ice box that I walked into. 51 degrees right now, lighting my hands by this uh, Yankee candle that's sitting in my living room right now. No power, bud. So it's <laughs> no. tough to sleep when you're under those blankets and you got, there's no juice in this house. Wow, man. First off, one, I mean, hazard pay for you here today. No power. Still has a phone that works. That's incredible. Uh, two, we're dealing with the grocery store with uh, with no power today yeah. as well. So, yeah, it's uh, I feel your uh, I feel your pain in, in that regard to to some extent. Man, I tell you what, I, I am vicariously living through you. I didn't know if you knew that or not, but I, I think it's it's fantastic. It's fabulous. I mean, Paris, Puerto Rico. What's next, Peru or Panama? <laughs> hey, man. Listen, you just try to get it in over the All-Star breaks. That's what it is. I, I was just having a conversation this morning with the, this aspiring journalist in, from Central Michigan, and he's like, you know, what are some of the challenges? And I said, well, I mean, you can look at them as challenges. I said, but you, get, you basically get two weeks off a year, MLB All-Star break, NBA All-Star break, and so you decide to do with those what you will. So, anyway, I try to sneak it in as much as I can, and then obviously we travel a lot for work. But uh, I'm no different, man. I just I, – Whatever there aren't any games being played, I'm off the grid somewhere. I love it, man. I was I watch I uh, popped on the Instagram. I was like, oh, where's Johnny Kane at today? I was like, oh my god, he's in the jungle. I want to be in the jungle. Somebody take me to the jungle. Come on, I need, yeah, come on. Get these teams out of here now. Right ta- in, oh, I'm telling you what, everybody's talking about postseason play now. NITs, WNITs, NCAA tournaments. I'm just running my head against the wall. I'm like, I thought we were done March seventh. What happened? Anyways, <laughs> oh man, the uh, Detroit Pistons, Detroit back in action last night on the road in the Magic Kingdom, taking on the uh, the Mickey Mouse Club they lose to the Magic 108 to 106 and really to be honest with you losing on a last second shot that's exactly the kind of loss we want to see be competitive let's have some fun let's make some shots let's score 100 points let's lose and get ready for that uh Wembenyama number one overall pick I mean, now that's now there's a guy who has a firm grasp of the big picture and not everybody does so uh, no, you're right, man. I mean, you talk about postseasons for uh, a lot of people are talking postseason. I imagine you're, you know, alluding to the wings uh, also in that too. And you know, make no illusions. Obviously, you know, there won't be any postseason discussion for for the Pistons. But again, this is part of the plan, part of the process. And uh, to your point, I mean, you want to watch competitive basketball. And if you do lose at the very end, uh, which keeps the integrity of your percentages to landing a generational type player like Wemby. Then you say, okay, man, nobody likes to lose, but if we lose, we can accept it, uh, and then we'd live to fight another day, which that other day is tomorrow. So uh, it was a battle, man. I mean, they battled last night, but, I mean, like you said, a tip in at the very end. Uh, if it's got to go down a certain way, uh, big picture, it ain't the end of the world. Uh, hey, Dan, you got to cut that clip right there. we got to send that. 
directly to the NBA offices. They got to get Johnny Kane. They need to be sending this guy a check. The integrity of your percentages, he says. I mean, I've heard a lot of stuff in my day. Johnny, that's, that's dressed up pretty nice right there. I mean, that was no $3 dressing right there. I mean, I mean we, we, we spent some change on that Armani suit you just put on the word tank. Oh, man, do I love that. Integrity of percentages, folks. All right. How about the integrity of this team? RJ Hampton, are we adding literally every lottery pick from the 2020 draft? Is that what this team is looking at? What is Troy Weaver doing right now, Johnny Kane? I love it, man. It's just acquiring talent right now, you know, and see what sticks. Uh, look, I like it. I, I think I think too often, I'll be honest with you, I think too often maybe we watch our teams and, you know, you're not kicking the tires on enough, on enough, right, or, or on enough different individuals. So, you know, you could look at look at any roster and say, is this, the best we can do. I mean, is this the best that we've got, and are we one piece away? I don't think so. So then you say, okay, well, can this guy help us? Well, we don't know. Let's kick the tires. Let's take a look. So R.J. Hansen would be the next guy who gets an opportunity. James Wiseman, uh, you know, obviously he would be the second newest Piston now. You know, 19 points and, uh, uh, over his first two games. and Last night had 10 boards to go with his eight points. I mean, here's the guy that was kind of, I wouldn't say left for dead. He just he wasn't uh, he wasn't figuring into the rotation in Golden State. And when you're on a when you join a championship caliber team like that, you're not getting run. He's still a young kid. So uh, Troy did a, you know did what he had to do to get him over here, and now he's going to get a chance. Same with RJ. Uh, Orlando has a nice core. They've got nice pieces, and the guy can play. Uh, he just wasn't figuring into what they're trying to do, where they're at. Uh, and their growth. So can Hampton help the Pistons? Can he fit into this backcourt? Sure. You know, you got to take a look at it. So now you got 22 games to figure it out. So I, I like it. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm in it. So, you know, do I tend to look at things a little more upbeat? Like, hey, I think he can help. I do. You know, so it's like, you know, but what if he doesn't? Well, then he doesn't. But, I mean, you, you get a chance to look at it. So, you know, if his pre-draft evals were what they are, and he's played at the NBA level, and he and you look at his numbers and what he's averaged over his you know his opportunities in the league, and you say, well, what if we give him an increased role here? Can he help? Well, let's take a look. So that's where you know guys like Dwayne Casey, and that's why they make the big bucks because now you get creative and try to you know bring him into the fold and say, okay, now what can you do for this team? So I'm happy about it. I mean, at this point in the year, you played so many games, you know, you, you're teetering on uh, 60 games. And you say, okay, well, now what can it look like when we add two new pieces or two new variables into the equation? What does it look like? So I'm looking forward to seeing it. And R.J. Hampton was one of those guys who was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. If you don't remember the story, uh, a gentleman by the name of Christian Dawkins, who was an agent later indicted in the NCAA basketball corruption scandal, had mm-hmm. expressed that he wanted to pay Hampton in emails that were sent to a business partner. That surfaced. Hampton's father um, you know, denied ever even meeting Dawkins, and then he had his choices of schools narrowed down, but he opted to jump ship and go overseas and play for the New Zealand Breakers when that was kind of a thing. It was like, oh, are you going to go overseas and play? Right. You know, before the G League pathway sort of opened up for some of these, you know, that Ignite team for some of the really, like, uber-talented, highly-touted uh, recruits right. that they can go get paid immediately and start playing professional basketball right away instead of going the college route. So that's why R.J. Hampton, the name might ring a bell, but he may have fallen on the back burner for basketball fans, but that is kind of a little bit of the backstory of his um, kind of unorthodox path here to the yeah. NBA. And back to this team in, in, in this game, 
last night. I mean, Jaden Ivey had another another stellar game. I've been a fan since we drafted him. I you know because he's just such a an explosive talented guard that can I, I really thought that once he got out of Purdue system no knock to Matt Painter that's really good college basketball but he needed that opportunity to flourish and get out there and run a little bit H- have you seen enough like development from Jaden Ivey where you feel confident that yes like I, not only are we impressed with the athleticism but he's getting it at the professional level yeah well look I mean so so if you say what okay, what are his greatest tools I mean so he's in the rising stars and or the skills challenge you saw that and it's like his speed so you can't coach that and you say okay well that's great I mean you can be great you can be the fastest guy on the floor but if you're you know if you're running with your head down and don't see anything and flinging it out of bounds every possession it's like okay well you know speed kills but he has added to that. So he said, well, well, what's his jump shot look like? Well, last night he had five threes. So you're like, okay, well, that part of the game is there. You know, last night he only had the four assists, but he's, you know, he leads all rookies in assists at just under five a game. So it's like, okay, well, here's the guy. He's a floor general. He's worked on his jump shot. He, he is Dwayne Casey says, and this isn't just uh, lip service here, you know, or hyperbole that he's the last guy in the gym. I mean, a lot of times he is. He's, he's a different dude. Like he's a, he's, He's like the guy that you want to have on your team because he's so serious all the time. Where you're like, okay, well, man, he really just he really wants to win, and you're like, well, it's a pickup game, and he's like, I know, but you know, it's Jaden, so he just you know he's going to want to win, so he's going to be mad if we don't. Like he's that guy. So then when he is on your team, or he's on your favorite team, it's like, okay, I love this guy. So he's constantly trying to get better, and he's still you know obviously a young guy in this league. So if his jump shot's there, his speed is. He's the fastest guy in the NBA, and then you say, okay, and he's a facilitator for everybody else, and he's picking on these increased minutes as a rookie, and whatever rookie wall that we thought he may have hit after you know, 30, 35 games, he has now ascended that wall and now is sprinting on the other side of it. You say, okay, this is our guy. Like This could be you know, one of our franchise pieces. So I, I love the kid, man. I really do. He comes from good stock, and he's humble. He's modest. He's a super hard worker. And he keeps adding to his game. So, and he, and he's not shy about shooting. <laughs> and when he's making, that's a good thing. And last night he was making. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, do you think that with the NBA, and you know, everybody talks about small ball, right? Everybody wants to be like six, seven, and under. And I'm like, well, right. I mean, maybe it works if you have Clay and Steph running around and, and the, kind of the small ball revolution. And if your team is constructed that way, but not everybody's going to have guys that are you know generational type of shooters. And this is a team that, as you mentioned, they added James Wiseman. They have Jalen Duran. They have Beef Stew. At some point, Marvin Bagley is going to play basketball again. So they have four front court players, and everyone like on the internet wigs out over the idea, like, what do they do with all these centers and power forwards? Like, I mean, you have four what you think are pretty good front court players. So that means that like the front court, in my opinion, for this team, should be kind of like squared away. And now it's just working on. Your small forwards, your shooting guards, your point guards, and, and how are you going to assemble that talent around them? I'm not afraid to run out there and play a little three out, two in basketball. I know people think that it died with like the '90s Knicks, but if you got to run two bigs out there, if one of them can shoot a 15 footer, I think you 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 might be doing it differently. But not everybody's going to be able to replicate the same recipe that teams like Golden State have. No, you're you're exactly right, man. That there you have to be creative in your thoughts. So. Like you hit it right there. So somebody looked at the way the game was being played in the '90s, and maybe somebody at that point was like, "No, here's what it's going to look like." You know, 30 years from now, and you're like, "Really? Oh yeah, everybody's going to be. You know, we're going to be teams are going to be shooting 43s a game." And you're like, "Really?" You're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So 
what does it now look like? I'm not saying 30 years from now. But what does it look like three years from now, right? So, so how can the game change? If you look at the front courts, and when Troy, when they introduced uh, Wiseman, it's like, well, why'd you go get another young big? And to your point, then Marvin will be back here real soon. It's like, well, okay, well, we'll look at Philly, you know, look at Cleveland, uh, look at Boston, look at Milwaukee. Like you have, to, you have to have size. Like you got, you got to have guys in there that can play. Even Brooklyn, to some extent, you know, it's like, like you got to have, you have to have front court players to get out of the East. And so you have to, you have to have a good front court. You have to have size. You have to have length. You have to have, you know, obviously guys that can shoot it a little bit. You got to be able to stretch the floor a little bit. And obviously Isaiah's shown that. And I think James Wiseman, as you'll see, actually is a better perimeter shooter than more, more people give him credit for. We just haven't seen it on a high volume, but to your point, yeah, the way that this team can play can be effective, and I, I don't think we're that far off necessarily. Again, you have to see it all at work, and you got to have everybody healthy and, and actually have these guys spend some time on the floor together. You talk about backcourt, obviously Cade needs to be out there playing alongside Jaden Ivey, right? What does that look like you know, in, in larger volume? So I think it can work, man. I, I, I like the acquisition. Again, acquire the talent and then figure out a way to make it work. All these guys can play. Can they play together? Yes, I think they can. What does that look like? I keep saying that, but what does it look like? Well, we have to see what it looks like, but you've got to go out and acquire the talent. And I think well, that's what they're doing right now is, again, you know, take away the position. Take away whatever you say. Well, this guy's, you know, well, we've got three guys that are, you know, 6'9", or three guys that are 6'10". Like, who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter what their length or what their size that you have to pencil into the scorecard. It's like just put them, you know, assemble these guys, and then let's see what their skill set is, and then okay, now let's figure out, let's draw something up that makes it work where we can, you know, accentuate what each one of these guys brings. You know, I see a guy like Isaiah Stewart, Johnny, and I, I look at him, and it's like, okay, if you're going to be six eight, six nine, you're not going to be, you can't play center in the NBA. You might be able to roll out there a small ball lineup, you know, at times, but that's a matchup you're going to lose. And I love his heart, I love his hustle and his tenacity to get rebounds and that's how he does it being undersized. We've seen it before here in Detroit. Ben Wallace was undersized at the center position. Obviously a little bit different uh, athleticism there. I'd probably favor Ben Wallace, but shooting, I'd I'd favor Isaiah Stewart. So, you look at a guy like Beef Stewart, it's like you can't ask a guy who's 6'9" to go out there and battle with guys that are seven foot plus every single night of the week. Like it's just not going to work, especially if he's playing 30 minutes at that spot. So if you look at Isaiah Stewart and say, okay, this is where he was in year one, but in years two and three, let's see if he could stretch a little bit, do a little short corner work from 15 feet. Let's see if we can expand his game out to the three point line. Don't know if I need to see five attempts a night from the long line, but Hey, you know, long sure. line, let's steal a little George blah there. But, hey, if that's how they want to do it, to keep him, you know, kind of in that sort of like Draymond Green but better offensive game, set yeah. screens, you know, pick and pop, that's fantastic. Jalen Duran, on the other hand, I love him for his athleticism. Like, uh, for all this time that we complained about, oh, we don't have anybody that's seven feet tall, now we got a bunch of guys that are 6'11", 7 feet tall, and now we're complaining about it. It's like, dude, we finally got people that can run to the rim and jump. Exactly. No, you got it, dude. You got it figured out. And again, you have to look at incremental growth, and it doesn't even have to be that incremental, but just look at year to year. And so, to your point, Isaiah Stewart, year one, if you would have said he's even five threes a night, you'd be like, that's too many. Now, in year three, actually with this team, you'd be like, well, okay, right? And it may, it may be too many, but it's like, you know, at least you can see it, right? And you've seen the results, and, like, he's worked on that shot so much. It's like, okay, well, so he can play more of the four. And James Wiseman probably wound up playing more of the four. Marvin actually has a decent outside shot, but so, so you'd put more like Jalen and Marvin are probably more, you know, like straight right at the five. 
right? And who knows that maybe two years from now we'll look at Jalen Dern and he's taking, you know, five threes a night, you know, maybe not. But, you know, the point is, you know, these guys can all play. And, again, you can figure out ways to make it work, stretch the floor a little bit, but still have that length uh, that's out there. So uh, I think Stewart is kind of that car- – I wouldn't say the carbon copy, but Stewart is, to your point, kind of a guy who you say, okay – We'd love everything about him. He is the DNA of this team. We'd love his tenacity, yada, yada, yada. But he is a bit undersized at that particular position. And now, oh, wait, we can keep him on the floor and he can play a lot of minutes because the guy can actually shoot, right? And so I think we'll see that more with uh, James Wiseman moving forward. He would be the guy that rises, to, in my mind, of a guy that will follow that same type of path where you could play him on the floor at the same time with Jalen and say, okay, J.D., you know, you worry about, you know, you get crazy on the glass here, and, and we're going to slip James out here for more picking and popping because he does have a good perimeter shot. You know, Johnny, last one here for you, and I don't know if you, I, I'll ask you first if you read the piece recently from James uh, Edwards, the uh, wonderful scribe for The Athletic, on Cade Cunningham and his activity uh, with the yeah. team, even though he can't really do a whole lot. I wondered if you read that piece, and if not, maybe you've probably seen it you know, firsthand. But I thought that that was very encouraging how engaged Cade Cunningham still is to read that, um, to get that kind of point, of point of view from James, that he's still very much, he's, he's on the road trips, he's actively engaged at practice, he cares, he's watching film, taking notes, asking questions. Those are all good signs. Yeah, no question. And look, I, we were actually just talking about that article last night. I, I've I would say, you know, you don't, so you don't pick favorites necessarily, but you, like, let's say with the teams that you're around, you do, you tend to gravitate towards certain guys because of the way that they are. And so Kate is one of those guys for me, as long story short. So I am around him quite a bit. We were on the road, uh, when we remember we were snowed in in, uh, Dallas for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so that's, you know, his neck of the woods. We went to his high school, excuse me, we went to his middle school and elementary school and he, he, uh, he made these donations, uh, big checks to both, uh, to both schools to help these kids in need. And anyway, the, the, the kind of heartwarming stuff that, that, uh, that makes for good news stories and everything, but just being around him and talking about, you know, his, uh, his, uh, path back. Uh, the advice he got for putting, you know, when you're putting a rod in your leg, you know, typically uh, you want to make sure you're getting good sound advice on that uh, with the stress fracture and for his career moving forward. I've had a chance to get to know his brother, his dad, uh, his mom. Like, he, he's, you know, he's him uh, to use what the kids are saying. And it doesn't surprise me that, you know, James highlighted some of what he is about in that article because uh, it means something to him. And so... You know, Troy Weaver says a lot about, you know, hey, we'll get the play, you know, we'll, we may get the, what does he say, we, we may get the player on, but we won't get the guy wrong. Or, and I'm screwing it up. But, but the point is, the point is, it's kind of like, like, think about it at your store. Like, if you're going to hire somebody and you're like, well, is he the best worker? You're like, well, he's a good human. So I'm not worried about him stealing from us. You know, like, you know, yep. like Kate is, Kate is that guy where it means something to him. He wants to be playing. So he's going to be around the guys. He understands that this is his team. Uh, and so for him to put the work in, even though he's not physically able to be out there and helping this team, it doesn't surprise me. But that really is kind of the way he's wired. Like he's hardwired a little bit differently. So, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't surprise me that, that James decided to put a little pen to paper on that.
He is Johnny Kane, the most interesting man in the world, an international man of mystery. Find him on Twitter, Johnny Kane TV. Find him tomorrow on your television set at noon as the Pistons take on the Toronto Raptors. Johnny, my friend, as always, partner, thank you so much. I hope your power comes on soon. Hey, man, you're the best. And say hey to uh, the other hardest working man that I know, Big Dan Kahalen, getting after it. So appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. That's all for us here today. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you Monday, same time, same place on X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network.